This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. John Bars, though, sir. We've been having fun and hijinks, by the way, and already out now should buy, by the way, if anybody is particularly bored this evening and really wants to be able to go to sleep, the the, the Plymouth opposition view is now out, So, which includes some fine work from, from our John Parslow here, who basically goes from rolling dice on backgammon board to a naval and nautical theme. It's brilliant and you should all see it. John, what do you think of today? <coughs> what do I think is today? Oh, I think a lot of it's been covered by whatever other people said. I wanted to talk about bigger picture, really. Oh, go um, on then. That's fine. Yeah, j- just on... And, and in a way, actually, Alan covered a lot of this, actually, so it was just like bad timing. But I, I just think if we step back from where we were in May to where we are now, um, and it's only a short period, I think... Yeah, we just have to look at that posit- positivity tonight. It's strange, isn't it? We're frustrated that Bio gets sent off. So we're going, oh, no, we're going to miss Bio for three games. Who's ever going to say that? And we're frustrated that we're just not sneaking into the playoff zone. Nobody thought we'd be really that close to doing that. And that's really good because it shows, as Alan was just explaining as well, there is some progress going on. There is some likability to the team. And I'm just wondering whether... Tonight's game and the referee and, and what he did, and, and I agree with what a few people said. I, I haven't seen it back, and whether Bio flipped out or whatever he did, and mm-hmm. where. But but the thing I know, having played the game, is like I'm sorry, but yeah, but the ref the referee's the fault for that because you, you're you're not refing game in an appropriate way, so you're forcing a player to start taking some control of himself, and basically yeah. he was held. There was a clash. And he went down and the ref sort of played on. Okay. And then Bio tried to get up and he was pulled down again. That was the point, right? And I don't know whether that's been, been seen. And then he and he did that. And it happens because the ref's just a complete idiot for the game. But maybe, and what was really good, and Alan said as well, the, the way the fans came together, the team responded. It's one of those, hopefully, catalyst moments that maybe can push us on for the rest of the season. I've always said this before. If we can just cling to the edge of the playoffs, 
which we're doing. And who knows what can happen from March onwards. And and I think, yeah, I think Plymouth's going to be tough now because I, I, I just don't know who we've got. But get through that, get through Chesterfield where, I don't know, I think I've got to bring my boots. Pete, you probably have to bring yours. And, you know, I, I don't know who's available for, for the Chesterfield game because he's got a rest players, right? And then go again. So Plymouth will be an interesting one, personally, because you were asking about Healy and Rayovich, mm, yeah, yeah. which we do. I play both of them. Oh, we've, we've, but, so we've but, had one, we've had the other, we've had both, and we've also had none of those. Like Both. So come on, what are you going to play? Well, 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 I play both of them, and I play, I don't know, maybe six centre-backs, well, including Livermore. <laughs> six centre-backs and two just, strikers. This yeah, is yeah, no, look, 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 <laughs> this is look, what we want. knackered. Nobody can run, so let's just lock up our defence completely, boot the ball and try and get as many throw-ins as we can, and then just push everybody forward as much height as you can and just launch it in there and it's just bombard their battleships, basically. I think that's what we need to do. <laughs> just <laughs> Because I think we just might as well go for it in that style because I'm not sure we've got enough players to play away through a game and I'm not sure after tonight they're going to have enough legs in them to do any- anything anyway because they were running on empty. It was magnificent. But I fear for the Plymouth game just because of that. So, yeah. so I think it's one of those just try and lock it down and just try and make something happen in a different way. So, yeah, because I'm not sure Healy can play up front on his own against their big defenders anyway. And Rayovic, unless we're going to get crosses into him, and I don't know who's around to get crosses into him this time. Oh, excellent. Um, so, so now, hold on. We've got six centre-backs. The fact that we've only got four at the club <laughs> is, is a small oversight. No, no, I can't live no, we're, we're looking past all of this, John. Don't worry about this. We're playing six centre-backs. We're playing Ryovic and Healy up front. And basically, we're also playing, what, uh, presumably two wingers either side. So we're playing, we've just evolved what would be now known as the false midfield. Not the false nine, the entire midfield yeah. being there. Circumvent them. Brilliant. That'll make Jeff Powell finally happy. You don't need a midfielder if you're just playing for throw-ins. And then you've got Healy, so it's just perfect. This yeah. is the way to I, go, I don't people. Know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, no, um, I, I agree. Yeah. I, th- I think most people, uh, I, I think everybody was rocked a bit by the Boxing Day performance as much as the result because I don't I think we were all we didn't see that coming it felt like something was moving forward we haven't got the result today but I don't think the result was down to a lack of team performance in fact it was really telling that we had the squad coming out from the bench and the the team all applauding around the ground for what was a one all result now okay yes it was 10 men but we were playing well it they absolutely dug it out and we've suddenly got something that we didn't have before and Charlie said it earlier on when he was talking about Morris playing and being knackered because he hasn't played for ages and he he described it beautifully he said something along the lines of Jake Livermore who got his own chant tonight by the way whoever started that well done landed on him he said and he got up and with one hand he pulled him up and he shouted at him in a nice way and that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You need Jake Livermore landing on you, picking you up, shouting at you in a nice way. It means that what we've got is a little bit of camaraderie. We've got a bit of leadership. We've got a bit of solidity. And we've got somebody there in Morris on the bench who did he have – Did was he everywhere? Was he great? No, he played left back. He just stayed at left back because we didn't have a right back. The goal didn't come down his side. It it. He just basically did what had to be done. If we'd got somebody available who could have fitted in for Andrews, who looked incredibly fit when he came on, by the way. I know, what's going on there? Yeah, that was strange. Then we we might have been a little bit better off than we've been because we all know that a number of goals in the last two games have come from 
basically having a not basically a square peg whacked into the into a round hole. And I agree with Greg Wendover, who said earlier on, once we went down to ten, actually Tom pushing from right back into midfield worked it, because you have to commit men forward at that point. Before that, it didn't really work at all. But I agree. I think there's I think there's some positives to take from here. It's a one-one, but I think we can all take uh, what what was declared earlier on. The moral victory. I think that's good. I think that's very good indeed. John, sir, we, we, we're not going to be basically doing uh, predictions for the uh, for, for the FA Cup, so you don't have to basically. I don't Thank know, fuck for that. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to go and find some twisted spire or anything like that to uh, to, to roll the dice down. For anybody who doesn't know, Chesterfield are known as the spireites because their their church has got a got a bit of a twisted spire. Well, there, Sean Dyche played for them though, didn't he? He did. Sean Dyche did play for them. That's going to be the Sean Dyche derby, except obviously Everton will be playing never mind this goes neil neil nearly gone at neil sir you know the drill you know the drill i do know the drill good evening how are you i'm fine you sound like you're static normally you're on the move oh don't tell i'm sitting in front of the computer over at st albans i'm working as i was on boxing day what do you think of boxing day and then tonight I think really it's fair for if I don't attend to leave the opinions to some of your guys that really know what they're talking about. So tonight we're going to do, because I'm in front of the computer and I've been sorting things out for New Year, tonight we're going to do maths. Ooh, right. Oh, sit. No, okay, in, everyone. Everybody, get, everybody get your pens and papers ready because try this because I think it works. I, I was taught this at Hollywell back in 1965 by the sports teacher. If we went out last season uh, in the summer, just gone, and we bought a striker mm-hmm. that scored every match yeah. and a goalkeeper that never let a goal in. So by now we should be practically towards the final of the League Cup. In summer... We would have won the league at, oh, and, of course, the FA Cup. Next year, we would win the Premiership and then the year after, we'd win the Champions League. That's correct, isn't it? It's brilliant and we only need two players. Do you know of yeah, such just, individuals? Just, just, so, unfortunately, that doesn't seem to work, though, because if you're a striker and you score every game, what happens is people tend to name stands after you or put statues up right. outside the ground. So, listen, guys. It ain't going to happen, is it? It's football. And the other thing as well is, oh, yeah, when I hear a, a Watford player described as effing useless, well, let me tell you this. Those 11 guys that walk out every match with a Watford shirt on, I bet you there's a le- at least 11,000 young lads that got so far in their football career and were binned either in academies or played one season in. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we're not, we're not. We wouldn't even, we would not even last the warm-up at our best. The Sunday League football player, I know it, my son okay. was a my son was a brilliant Sunday League football player and uh, he got trials with Halifax and they said, no, nah, sorry, he's not up to standard. What are you talking about? He scored, read the local papers, he scores that trick. So let's get our perspectives right, okay? We can't do it. We watch it. So then when we watch it, sometimes we become absolute experts on the game. Ryovic, go back if you've got a bit of spare time, people, and watch the little clip of his equaliser at Blackburn because I think you'll find it was Ryovic that put the ball out to Espria. So should Ryovic get a semi-assist for his equaliser as well? It was Ryovic's ball out to Espria, and then Ryovic went on the run, and Espria crossed it to him, and Ryovic scored. 
So, yes, he does actually do things. If you really want to watch him closely, what you've got to do is you've got to go to the game, take no notice of anybody else and just home on one player, write about it, then come back and tell, tell us all, yeah, he's useless. No, he's not useless. If he was useless, he wouldn't have even been on the transfer market and he wouldn't have an agent. So... This team at the moment, as we said, we've, how many times we said this about this team being threadbare, Pete? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on, sorry. Yeah. Don't let me stop you. Carry how, on. How many times have we said last summer that we have to cut our cloth? How many times have we said this football club needs a reset? It's getting a reset. The problem is, if it's going to get a reset, some of us who have enjoyed the, the time in the Premiership might just have to be a little bit patient. Because we're going to have to find players where they, that we haven't got 100 million to spend on. We, we would, if we wanted, if we had the money, unlimited resources, we could have gone and bought Harry Kane. Yeah, there you go. We'd be up with Leicester now, wouldn't we? Well, we, no, well, let's it, face it. We'd, we'd be halfway towards winning the European Cup, according to your your maths earlier on. I think. I, know, I, I don't. Think, I don't think it's. And I appreciate that that this is your opinion, and you're entitled to it. But I also think that those people who turn around and say he's effing useless, I think they've they're also entitled to their opinion because, with respect, that Blackburn time when he came and he did something, that's great. That's one time. That's yes, one time, I, and I, I, and he I, has scored eight goals, and he has had an awful lot of time ahead of Vacuum Bio, who provides yeah. a lot more. He has a different kind of game. Neither of them yeah. are perfect. If we could fuse them together, yes, we we probably make a fortune out of it, but we can't. So I think it's but, reasonable for them to say, "Hold on, that's not what he does." And what we yeah. what we what we tend to get here, I think, is a melting pot of various people's opinions. And some people are maybe, if you like, at, at one end of an extreme, and depending on what the subject is, and other people might be at others and other people will be in the middle. Like like earlier on, would you play Healy or would you play Bayer? So far, we've all Ravage. We've had both. We've had neither. We've had none. So so it's, there's a variety of opinions to be had. You're entitled to yours. They're entitled to theirs, absolutely. However, nobody's going to convince me that Ravage is a complete player outside of the box. What he needs oh. to do is work on that. But I think, personally, I'm seeing signs of improvement. I'm seeing signs in the last three games that he's played of him trying to make little runs in there. Oh, they're not the usual thing he has clearly done in the Swedish league. And he's trying to come in. He's trying to get the ball. He's trying to concentrate. And you can see the concentration and the frustration when he gets it wrong. It's the kind of thing that everybody thinks should be the easiest thing or the easier thing because putting it in the onion bag is the difficult thing. No, we've got a goal scorer here who has, to, who has to learn everything else. So in addition to your patience about where we come from, I think we just need to trust in the development and hope that he'll get there and just be patient with each other's opinions as well. Exactly. I, I totally agree with you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to summarise just a couple of things and I'm going to leave you with a nice little tidbit for Chesterfield. Ooh, so, tidbits, I like okay. that. How many do you think of your listeners would say that overall we're in a much better place than we were this time last year? 17. I've got no idea. <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea. I think most well, people... Let's, 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 let's put it this way. This time last year, were we on our second manager and were we falling apart but did, was it this time last year we had that awful display down at Millwall midweek uh, no it was Swansea yeah. it was Swansea away for yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it, it was so overall coming towards the end of this year I'm much more optimistic for this year but I'm I as I said to you before Pete what we have to do all of us because if the press get hold of us and start taking throwing punches as they normally do is shh don't tell anyone that we're in 10th right don't tell anyone. Don't let anyone know that we're there. Don't Sit let anyone know. Any, yeah, yeah. Just stay below the radar till come February. 
So this year, as Pete, we met each other and I've told you about my life and back into Watford after being away for 20 odd years. I would like to thank all of your listeners and all of the people that contribute for making this a real good way to expand my knowledge of the club as it is now from the club that I left when I moved away. So your podcast is fantastic and all the contributors, they, they always come out. And it, it's great. If I have to work away from home, I can't go to the match. Well, I hear most of it from you guys anyway. Well, that, so, that's lovely for you to say and it's happy, lovely for happy. you to come on. And this is all about everybody's opinion, yours as well, and your yeah. contributions have been fantastic. My personal happy preference was you running along Preston Platform 6 to try to let us hear the fans on the train station. That was my favourite today. I really like that, that Neil. Is, so I got my ticket. Do you know what they did to me, Peter? Do you know what that damn football club did to me without telling me? They sold my ticket, my seat to someone else. I've got to move three chairs down for the FA Cup game. For the Chesterfield game. Yeah, I I hope I don't go on holiday during the the football season. I'll come back and there could be all sorts of people sitting in my chair. Well, you make, you just make sure that you're there for the Chesterfield game. That's the most, that's the most important thing. Three, three seats. No, it shouldn't make a discernible difference. I think you should be all right there. There's Neil. Let's get across to uh, to Paul, Mr. Holly, sir. Paul, sorry for keeping you, sorry for keeping you waiting there. How are you doing? Long time no speak. Yeah, long time no speak, Pete. Yeah, great to be on and great, great podcast. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. Our pleasure. I just wanted to make a couple of points, just some observations. So Far away. When we're struggling with the fullbacks, and I thought Morris did okay tonight, mm-hmm. obviously CDB's certainly not a right back. Yeah. Why don't we just go to a back three and bring in Sierra into the in-between Hoyt and uh, Porteous? Or why don't we move Porteous over to right back if you remember, we used to move Craig Cathcart to right back when in times of need and slot Sierra in or Pollock. I just, I, I wonder why we're so rigid on the 4-3-3 and why in times of need, we just don't look to change the formation to accommodate the players that are available. So that's the first point. And that's an odd one, especially bearing in mind Valerian Ishmael at Barnsley, West Brom and Besiktas played almost exclusively 3-4-3. So he does know how to put a, a back three together and he has got those players to potentially do so. Absolutely. And it is. You could even go to the extreme where you moved Hoyt to left back, Portis to right back, and you slot Sierra and Pollock in, in the back four. It's an option. I'm not saying it's the preferred choice. I was just a bit surprised, especially against Stoke, who traditionally have been quite direct, that he could have gone Sierra and slot him into a back three. And that also gives you the opportunity to play two up front, which probably tonight would have punished Stoke because they did leave a lot of space at the back. So that's the first point, the, the flexibility of, in, in times of need, changing the formation at the back. And then the conversation moving to the centre-forward. Yeah, I don't think Bayo or Rajovic can play as an isolated striker in a front three. Yes, Bayo's technically better and he does more off the ball, but I didn't think he did very much in the first half tonight at all. And, and, and neither, to me, look the option. And we've not seen enough of Healy to understand if he can play the isolated striker. So for me, in the window, you've got to go and find someone that can hold the ball up and can cause problems and create opportunities for themselves and is comfortable playing as a you know lone striker 
or a front three striker. So A, if we went to a back three, we could go to up front. B, we've got to go and find a striker that can play that role because we don't currently have that. Yeah. And and my final point is looking for looking towards Monday and maybe even the Chesterfield game. Clearly Bayo's going to be out for three games. That's violent conduct. Yeah. It's a it's a straight free free games. And yes, the FA Cup game does count because it's a competitive first team game. So it'll be Plymouth, Chesterfield and the game after that, which is QPR away, I think. So he'll miss those three. Why do they not consider maybe even trying Martins up at centre forward? If you remember, Ishmael Saar played a couple of games up front in times of need. So let's think a bit outside the box. Martins can control the football. Martins is fast and Martins can have a shot. Okay, he might not win the ball in the air, but it's not like Bayo or Rakovic are winning it in the air either. So maybe just a bit of flexibility might be worth trying Martins as, as a centre forward. Yeah. Just again, just considering ideas. So I think without repeating what everyone else has said about the referee tonight's game, Tuesday's game, I think there just needs to be a bit more flexibility and broader thinking in utilising the players we've got, changing formation and considering where we need to strengthen in the window. So that's one point I wanted to make this evening. Very my well done. I like point, that a lot. Carry on, sir. My second point, and then I'll let you come back and I'll shut that up, <laughs> is about this investment. And as Adam had, had pointed out in The Athletic, there's been various attempts to, and I think they want to sell an initial 10%, which based on Adam's quoted valuation would be about 15 million. And I think part of that is definitely to put another tier on the Sir Elton John stand. But my biggest question is, what is the motivation behind the investment vehicle? Because when people buy something, they're buying it because they're going to get a return or they're buying it because it's their passion and their love. So if you're a, if, as a Watford fan, if I became a billionaire, and I wanted to buy it off Gino, I'd do it not to make a return, but just because I love the club and, and things like that. Other people buy it because they've got so much money and it becomes a bit of an ego trip. But in, in this potential investment, and I focus on the word investment, which sounds like private equity or two or three individuals that are either using their own money or raised money to, to invest in the club to potentially take it over. I don't understand what the motivation is because if they're looking to get a return, how do they then make a profit on their investment? So if they bought us for 150 million, which seems quite extravagant given where we are in the championship, I, I don't see how they would do it because Gino's done all the player trading. We've done the promotions. So they would have to do something over and above that to ever make a return. And, and in my opinion, the only way you're able to achieve that is you become a, a regular top team, top 10 Premier League finisher. So you get extra prize money, you get bigger attendances, bigger sponsorship opportunities. Or you move ground and have a new ground built where you've got 24-7 revenue coming in from hotels, casinos, retail outlets and I know that's still on the table and still being explored by by certain people at the club so it's definitely not been ruled out altogether or you end up with a Netflix type deal or something like the Wrexham guys so 
the biggest word that springs to mind to me at the moment is what's the motivation for someone wanting to invest and then take over? And on that point, Pete, I'll let you come back at me. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, obviously, one doesn't know what their motivations are. If we go to if we go to Adam's article, which was in obviously the Athletic, and for anybody who hasn't seen it or read it, basically the the discussion is that this is a finance or a company basically coming to us who have got, and it does mention that it would be a multi-club model, i.e. the people who are looking to invest already have stake or uh, control of, I would suggest stake rather than control, of other clubs. If the one that I've seen suggested who it is, they those would be not not small clubs potentially involved. I think the motivation, therefore, would be if somebody looks at the POTSO model over a period of time and we look at it and go okay the players who have come in um we, we've had some false starts but in even in that time there have been players such as Suarez Estupinian Pedro who have gone for a goodly amount of money even the one who was clearly the one who, who backfired being Ishmael Assar who never realized it there was always still the potential there to have sold at a profit it was a question of optimizing the time but we are now in a point whereby we are in a, we're in a crux with both the the parachute payments or what's now going to become the lack of them. And if I was looking at it and I knew the Potso network and I decided that I trusted that the misfires are more outliers than anything, I might look at it and go, well, actually, the reason why they haven't invested is because of this lack of cash that's been on, which is why everything's been borrowed against, which is why we've had the the Macquarie fifty million pound loan to, to pay off a load of other loans and then looking to try to bring looking to try to bring that down to what Scott described as being debt free. You'll have seen the stuff in the quantified in terms of that or qualified I should say. That's debt free in terms of operational debt. There is still factored debt in terms of monies owed that is leveraged against uh, sales made and also money owed to Gino Pozzo. So I think it might be a question of saying look a little bit like the Jim Ratcliffe but on a much smaller scale, we come in, we give you, if it's looking at 10% and the valuation that the Athletic said that, that the deal placed the club value at was somewhere between 150 and 200 million, uh, 200 million, which I think everybody basically nearly coughed up a lung and then started laughing at it. Because if we're worth 200 million, then crikey, wow, I'd, I'd, I'd sell and move straight away. But whatever it is, if it is that, then 10% is either 15 or 20 million, which isn't a huge amount. It could be seen as a test case to invest and maybe bring in two or three players and see whether or not that model kind of carries on and, and works. Because I don't think that these guys are the major controllers of the clubs that, if it's the people who has been, been suggested to me, these are major teams in both the UK, in non, non-football, in the US and in Italy, etc. If th- if you have those connections, then we could go back to what we did in 2013 and supplement it from Udinese, who are also cash short at the moment, and perhaps almost reset back to 2014, where we have a wash of players in a multi-club network that might be able to then take us back to that premier premier view. However, all of that is purely supposition on my part because Paul asked me the question and I had absolutely no idea. It could be, it might be anything else. It could be, why on earth are people investing in football at this moment in time? Because the TV revenues keep going up, but can they indefinitely? Does the championship keep going up? Do we need to get to the premiership to do it? Well, that seems to be what the club want to do. And we're not that far off of maybe being in a position to 
to challenge for it, not in the automatics, but but enough to roll a dice. That would be my thought, and they'd be getting to know them. If, as I say, the club that they're connected to in Italy is not Udinese, I have to say that straight away. So there may be some kind of, I don't know if there's any conflict of interest having people who've got stakes in in, in two different other clubs uh, who are both in the same league investing in us at the same time. I'm not sure. If you look at Nice and Manchester United, they're now talking about because Jim Ratcliffe owns Nice and he now owns 25% of, of Manchester United, then there may there may be some kind of conflict of interest. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But if both parties are interested in, in it and if Gino is looking to exit, let's hope there is something that's, that, that works out for all parties yeah absolutely we all want the best for the club but you know i guess that was the biggest thing in my mind about the motivation and yeah all considerations taken into account if it is a multi kind of club model but i guess the scary thing for me is let's say we don't get the investment it doesn't go through and you've already mentioned the liquefied loans of money's due in the future which we've taken up front via Macquarie back what if the investment doesn't come and we get to next season to me it sounds like we're going to have to cut our cloth again which means obviously higher earners will have to be taken off the books etc so you'd even be further behind because you've got nothing left to liquefy and you're not getting any parachute money and the parachute money is far more than 20 million isn't it even if we did get 10 percent investment so it's going to be an interesting next six months or certainly to towards next August, September, in terms of what happens with reinvestment, with the Macquarie loans, with the lack of parachute money and how things materialise. On on the flip side, I think there's an opportunity to finish fifth or sixth. I think any higher than that this season would be out of the question. But a few weeks ago, we were looking out the trap door. So we've come a long way in a few weeks, but it's still a long way to go. And I think this window is going to be significant as uh, the ambition, as if the owner does think we can get fifth or sixth. And if he genuinely does, then to bring in those three or four players that could actually get us there. Yeah, that's going to be, I was going to say the $64,000 question, but I, I imagine it would be a bit more than $64,000. We shall see. We, we... <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice, Pete, just to sign someone or two early in the window and not lastminute.com? That that would be something, bearing in mind we've seen the players that we have signed, and I'm just immediately thinking about Healy and Livermore, is the fact that we play a certain brand of football. It requires a certain level of fitness. And the difference between Livermore against Stoke away and the difference between Livermore today, you can see the difference about having that fitness. So the earlier you get them in and get them working and getting them prepped, the earlier we can include them. Because I don't think think Val is very keen on just going, well, we signed you, you go and play up front. I think he likes to integrate them into the group. So the earlier, the better. I'd absolutely agree with you there, sir. Absolutely agree. Lovely to hear from you, sir. I hope, hope everything was good and you had a good Christmas. Yeah. Let's, Happy let's, New Year. Thank you, mate, and you. And let's, let's watch this space for the new year. Hi, this is Damon Lafro, and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, we have to go across because I did possibly let him get away with too much Celine Dion the other day. Uh, answer, if you've got if you've got an intro... Got to make it short and snappy because I'm not going to have I'm not going to have the Titanic all over again. Off you go. There's no fucking intro. Today. Oh, I'm that's. Pissed. Oh, hold on. I'm not pissed. Well, I'm pissed, but I'm pissed off. I'm not. I'm, I'm both, to be honest. Wow. There's no right. Okay. This is raw and real, people. Answer. You're pissed off. What are you pissed off about? You tell us. The the game. I'm quite happy with a draw. I think it's fair. Spriller, yeah. Porto, Porto, done well. Portois, yes. Done fucking beautiful. Spriller, all that. Like, I've not really got too much to complain about the game. Cool. But it's more about my experience, to be honest. Okay. Friday night, went to the game. I was smoking a fag. Literally, as like the geezer was about to search me, I said, "I'll oh, leave me up. Like, let me finish this quickly." Threw it on the floor. It was like put my arms up. Like, usually I get fucking like proper frisk. Geezer's like proper fill me up. He said, "Taps me shoulders and he's like gone." I thought, sweet. All me mates, fucking nothing. Like, nothing compared to the other entrances. So that was a good experience. They were all happy, like, happy New Year, mate. Okay. Nice one, sweet as. Great experience, great experience. Down to me seat, game started. I'm standing up. I'm, like, literally, like, I'm on the halfway line in the lower ground trailer, yeah? Yeah. Like, literally just to the left of the halfway line. So I'm standing up. The ball's going over there. Basically, every game we where I'm at, I don't know what it is. If anyone can shed any light on this, like, I'll be appreciated. But there's always all different nationalities, people around us. Okay. I don't know if it's like complimentary seats or they give seats to certain nationalities or I or don't know football what. football tourists sort of like, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. No, like usually we have different nationalities around us and okay. we might play like guess the nationality basically. Like, okay. And there's a few of them in front of us, like a few chaps. And I sat on the shoulders, where are you from? And they went, Georgia. I went, oh, yeah. He went, yeah. Went, well, you come see Dave, like, Chav, that's good. They were like, yeah. So there's like five of them like, in the room right in front of me, like, all like, yeah. And I was like, high five them. Well, it's a fair play, like, you know. Cool. Yeah, Dave Pro. I was like, can't knock them, can you? No, absolutely. Good. Georgia good, fans good. come and see Dave. Happy days. I was well happy for him. So I was high fiving them all, like, yeah, quality. Dave kept getting up front, like, at that point, like, he was, he was a bit involved the first half. And they're all standing up. And as you do, people in front of you are like, stand up, you stand up, those behind you stand up. Right. And for a couple of times, I kept hearing some geezers shouting behind me. And I'm thinking, I thought it was a geezer a few rows behind me, to be fucking completely honest. And then after a few times, like, I turned around and look who it was. It was some old bloke behind me, like literally like right behind me. And I was, I was like, what, what are you doing? He's like, sit down and fucking shut the fuck up, mate. And I was like, what are you on about? And he's like, you need to sit down. He's like, stop getting in my way and having that. I'm sorry. Like, okay. I've come to see the football. They weren't too pissed, but I've, I'm, I'm paying for my seat. If I'm standing up and cheering my team, he was having a right go at me. And I, asked him, I said, no. I said, look, if the team comes up like, and they're getting a goal and people in front of me standing up and I can't see it, I'm standing up. Okay, so, right. so, so the guys had a go. Up, I'm standing up and cheering. Okay. So where does it go from after this guy's having a go? And you've well, got... he had a go. And some bird about five, six rows down was only old, leave him out. I said, I don't care if he's old. I said, I'm, I'm standing up cheering my team. So about yeah. 35, fifth minute, I went up to go and get a beer. And I said to the stewards, I said, look, mate, I said, not really funny. I said, I've just been getting abused for like the last half hour for standing up cheering my team. I was like, I'm not happy. I've got a season ticket. I pay for my seat. So, and and to, the stewards are amazing. I want to give a big up to a, the steward called Andy. There's one called John. We've got another one at the bar called Cyril. They're all fucking sound. They're all, they, were, they were like, no, we're keeping on him. Anything goes on, we're saying to move, mate. You, know, you can move if you want. 
and we can put you in like better seats. And I went, no. Nice. I said, I'll pay for my seat. I said, if you want to move anyone, you can move there. Okay. The stewards who I had were, were actually Sound. really good. There's been a lot of slate on the stewards recently, so I think they handled that well. I've, I've noticed, though, the blue stewards take the, are worse than the orange stewards, if that makes sense to anyone. Yes, it does. They, they no. The they... blue stewards seem to be the arseholes. The orange ones seem to be sound. <laughs> they, yes, no, no, they wear different uh, different colours for different denominations of, of role, I think, whatever it is, so that yeah, people can that identify them. The yeah. orange ones are from the club or the blue ones are the outsourced? Is that what it is? I think a lot of them are outsourced. I think some of them are, I know, I only know of a few who are still within the club, but that's because I'm not sitting there inspecting every single one of them. But, for example, Phil Williams, who I mentioned beforehand on the podcast like the him. other day. He, he likes me. I'll get on with him well. Oh, well. He said to me, go, go sit in the rookery, Ant. I went, mate, I says, I'll go in the rookery. I says, I'm getting accused for not sitting in my seat and I'll get more hassle. Well, well, let's add to this, because this podcast has made a bit of a thing about pointing out, we, we did it for the preview show of this, because on, on Boxing Day, where you go in, where you went through today, when you go into the family stand, there's a point where you look to, to go in, and on Boxing Day, they were basically stopping everybody going through. It was about eight wide. It was 15 deep. I put the, the picture of it on the front cover of podcast tile or whatever you, you call the what you put on there and it was ridiculous it was absolutely stupid and i was bending justin's ear about it the other day today they'd moved them into the vomitories where you walk out to the stand so they weren't causing this massive vacuum so fair play to them fair play to your stewards including the excellently named cyril i think all stewards should be called cyril from now on that's a vef- to be fair when i asked him he said his name was squirrel and i went your name ain't squirrel and he said you know it's my cyril but they call me squirrel Oh, he was sound. He was the one in that little bar. But a lot of the stewards today were absolutely fucking amazing. And like usually, I fucking I, I rouse with them. But today, it's a football match. It's not the opera. We get absolutely. We get that. Obviously, he's going to be sitting there saying. I've got a right to watch the game. But you, you you can have a conversation with the people around you. People can normally manage to knock around together. That's fine. In terms of turning back to these the, these guys from Georgia, because I don't know if you'll remember, but the Cardiff game away. They loved it, mate. And, and actually a random fact as well. When I went in that little bar in between the, the uh, lower ground Taylor and the family, yeah. there was always the foreigners. That, no, I don't want to get in trouble for one of the foreigners. No, but I'm old school. But yeah, no, because you know people get fucking offended in that these days. There was loads of them in front of us, right? And me and my mate were having a beer. And I, I was like, do you reckon they're from Georgia as well? And he's like, maybe. And I said, I tapped on them and told where are you from? And they went, Germany. And they went, why are you like come to see Watford from Germany? Yeah. But they went and come see Ishmael. And I looked yes. at my mate. I said, yes. come see fucking Ishmael Asar. <laughs> and they went, no, we come to see, we see Ishmael Valerin. Yeah. I said, why have you come to see him? I said, he ain't even playing. He's our manager. I said, well, yeah, we've come to see him manage. Well, he was at Wolfsburg. It's he about, was at Bayern. seven of them. They, 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 who did he play for? Like Bayern Munich? He, he, play for, he Munich played for Bayern like, Munich. He played for the German team, he, he? played, yeah, he played for Bayern Munich. But well, they literally come. They were, they were younger than me, and they all come to see... When I said, who did you come to see? They went, we've come to see Val Wishmart. And when he's managing us, you do realise he's not playing. They were like, yeah, that's fine. Well, I do... It was I, fucking really weird. I'd actually got a picture of all of them as well. I've got a picture with me and them. Oh, let them know. Oh, nice. put it on Twitter in a bit. Yeah, put it on. But oh, I like this. Me, like, I was like, how the fuck have you just come from Germany to watch fucking someone manage your team? 
I, well, I do have to say that when it comes to meeting Georgian supporters, the Cardiff game away, Wendover, he will know where I'm going with this. He sat on a, a like a two-hour on, on, two on a two-hour ride. He was very taken with the Georgian ladies, but you've met with the Georgian crew. That's great. Look, this is the ladies around me, and they are fucking beautiful. We went wrong. Well, um, <laughs> there you go. I'm sure Georgian ladies come brilliant. come in all shapes and sizes, and that's absolutely fine and quite hey, right. Go on, go on, mate. Fire away. Final thing. Far from a spoiler. Yeah. Far from a spoiler. Who's a good man in the match too? I'd give it to Georgie Jack for Tazzy because I think... He played well. He did play really well. However, I think other than him, the spoiler had a game that he always does. Hamer made some great saves today. Yep, he did indeed. But if I thought was in goal, we'd have lost that. I think we go back to Neil Charlie's, uh, both Neil's points actually, about the fact that if we go back a year... And we come forward, and this is what Neil was asking me and saying, "Do you think it's better or worse?" And, oh, you know, and I, I mould around the around the thing. His answer is, "We've now we've got a team." That's the fundamental difference for me. It may not be as good a group of individuals at an individual level or even interacting when things go right as as anybody who saw Brighton and saw Yao Pedro uh, yesterday doing. We haven't got those individuals. Oh, don't get me started on that, please. Yeah, but please what we but what we have is a team. We've gone from individuals to a collective. And whether we win or we lose, and including the supporters, we start to win and lose as a team. To, we go back to, to Boxing Day, and it wasn't a great show. It wasn't a, a good showing at all. Today, we saw a reaction. We saw adversity on the pitch. We saw a referee who I think the less said about the better, everybody. And the game very easily about to fall away. Today. The ref, yeah. yeah, it was absolutely easy to go away, but it didn't. And, well, for me, it, this, this, this my point about tonight is that even with him, it still wasn't about the ref. At the end of the 90 minutes yeah. or the 95 minutes, people applauded the team because of the collective doing it. Mate, you've had an experience tonight and you've come on to say, those stewards, hey, fair I'm play. I'm more pissed off about, about the mate behind me saying we sit down, but the stewards have got a lot of stick. Like this season, and no. I've had problems with them numerous times. Yeah, but fine, but fine. So I just thought I'd come on and the, like that. Oh, I'm sticking up for the stewards at the minute. Absolutely, that, and that's so the I, point. I Nobody's good. going to be on the back page of the Watford Observer going individual is an asshole in the ground. That's not news to anybody. No. But the stewards They've reacting stick, and, and doing it. Feel bad for some of them. Exactly, that's good. Fair play for coming on and actually just saying, look, this is how it is. This is how it's gone down, and, and fair play to them. As we were looking at the this ridiculous kind of blockage that, that the club somehow have managed to put in place for Boxing Day. The fact that it got moved today, the fact that they've listened to the people who I am sure complained on Boxing Day and they made an alteration to it. Is it perfect? No. But this was a positively dangerous obstruction that needed to be taken out and somebody there at the club has, has, has called it. We called it out as bad. When they change it and make a good decision, we'll call it good. And has had a good experience with the, with the stewards who, you know, he wasn't having the best of it and they've called him and dealt with the situation nicely fair play all round guys I'm not going to take any more calls because it's extremely late and I've yet to go through the five word reviews for crying out loud for it is what we do I know for some people it's not a school night but for some people it will be so let's get into these five word reviews Pete right let's go for it Frey says ref was Stokes 12th man John Parzo said still well placed 
move on. James Morris, cesspit number one, says Cole Campion for everybody who was waiting for some cesspit news. Badly drawn Watford, for we did cuddle in the bunker. Came out and said, lovely to meet you, Pete. It was lovely to meet you as well, sir. If you haven't seen Badly Drawn Watford, get over to that Twitter account. Everybody tells you that social media is a cesspit and Twitter is the worst, blah, blah, blah. Go to Badly Drawn Watford. It won't necessarily change your mood about the rest of it, but it'll go, yeah, that's nice. John Parslow back again. Another two points for Jarvis, he says. Really? I don't think there were. Um, I don't worry about that. 1-1 did very well tonight. Hornet Haikus, another uh, Twitter thing to go and have a look at. Are we ready, everybody? Sit comfortably. 17 syllables of pure perfection. Ref, bio or both? Someone's been a twat tonight. The rest, heroes all. I need to have some music, Justin, to play under that. I think we need to have something with a good degree of gravitas. It's our New Year's resolution. We'll do that. Alan Lathwell, we heard him earlier on. He said, I can tell you from the curry house in Wellin that referee was shit. You're not wrong. Carbs, hey, carbs. Absolute disgrace of a referee. I think you're seeing some trends here. Enjoyable night at the Vic, says Gavin Smith. Alan Lathwell, resilience. It's great to see. Louis Tashira, huge shifts from centre-backs today. And there were quite a few of them on the pitch at any one given time. Jane Kearney says, one end to 2023. Nice way to look at it. Alex King, right back needed in January. Uh, yes, well, we, we seem to have several. Has anybody looked down the back of the sofa? What have we done with Ferreira? Udinese, I'm sure. Catherine Jones says, finally fighting mentally from Watford. Strength and mentality. We always hear from, from, from our head coaches about mentality, and that, I think that may be one of the differences. The Big Lebowski says, always start Dave and don't take him off. He's a big check for Tadze fan. Brian Edwards, match-winning performance from Dave. Ben Slater, you shithouse horns. Oh, excellent. Ben Pegram, met Ben as well, by the way. 100% attitude performance all round. Brian Edwards, abysmal refereeing on display tonight. Willie Eckers, like, hello, Ken, says, 10 men draw with 12. Now, do you see what he's done there? I like that very much. Ken, have a good new year, sir. Gary, this ref is shit. John Marks, I'm sure you can hear the rookery. Tommy Mooney, I'm fully with the rookery. Well done, Tommy Mooney, always. Gareth Kingswood Hornet, 10 men mask average performance. Yeah, possibly, possibly, but they've still got to work. And yes, I think we were talking earlier on, were Stoke good? No. Four shots away with 40 minutes worth of, or thereabouts, uh, a, a man advantage, disappointing, but they can only do what we let them do. And people were throwing themselves in the way when they did get through, as mentioned by Ant there, Hamer made a couple of great stops. I think everybody put in a shift and that's been what's missing for, feeling like it's been missing for a long time. Lou Shearer, good point, terrible ref. Watford Allen, the good, bad and ugly, the ref, woeful. Gareth's back again, he says, Oldham heading for Prem. Oh God, this referee, he's going to be there, isn't he? He's that bad that he's bound to be there. I'm sure VAR will help him out, no doubt. Sniffed Livermore's BO tonight, Carl says Jane Kearney. Well, I, I don't know why you're pointing that out to Carl. Has Carl expressed an interest in Jake Livermore's BO? I'm not sure if he has. If he has, I wouldn't be surprised. Dan Harvey, we've got our Watford back. That's nice. Bucks Hornet, WFC, the referee's a wanker and he's used up a case for wanker, so there's no dispute about it. Tom Hagen, adaptability and spirit in adversity. Pete Ryan, crow my greats early for AFCON. Oh, dear. Tom Hagen, championship refereeing finds new Nadir. I like the word Nadir. We shall use that more in conversation. Malk, new levels of shit refing. Actually, that's the one I'm probably going to use more. Cole Campion, Cesspit FC, we get cramp. Yeah, Morris was knackered. Was he fantastic? I would have been amazed if it had been absolutely fantastic. But I think he was, for me, he was, a, he was an easy seven. 
I, I would have said, I'd have said easy. I thought he was, there was no alarms. There was no problems with him. There was no, oh my God, why is he standing in the middle of midfield when the ball's being played over the top a la Bristol City on, on Boxing Day? I don't like gravy either, Justin, says Dave Lavender. If you didn't listen to our Christmas special, well done. That's again, one of life's better choices. But Justin did reveal that he doesn't like gravy even on Christmas dinner and even mentioned that he has ketchup with him, with it. This is, these are one of the many reasons why you should ostracise Justin at every given point. Mike R says no near yet so far. So yeah, so near yet so far. Dave Lavender back again. Absolute wanker of a referee. Well done, Dave. Well done for coming on and uh, taking your gravy stance first and then confirming that the referee's a wanker. Ryan Cripps, decent point considering 10 men. Melanie WFC on thread says... Heart and soul always wins. Paul Fiander Turner, the referee's a fucking wanker. You see, what you've done is you've taken Dave Lavender's absolute wanker and you've built on it there, Paul. Very proud. Very proud of you indeed. Harry, character, leadership, determination, deserve better. Gary Selwood, ref a bit shit. I think we're all getting this trend. I think we're all enjoying this. Dr. Dickie Sutton says, surgical dissection of referee required. You see, you see, that's what you get from a doctor. Ben just says, ref was a right, see you next Tuesday. So there you go. Andrew Argent, worst referee performance ever seen. Brian Edwards, points drop thanks to Bayo slash TDB. Silgerman, stung in the arse by the crow. Mickey, Mikey Abrahams, Scott Oldham won a competition. Yeah, he was awful. Um, I qualified as a referee about 25 years ago when I was doing my coaching stuff. And anybody who's, and I don't know if they still coach it like this, but used to run what was called an S because you'd have your linesman basically on diagonal on the on the sidelines. So you would run an S to try to jam the play between you and the opposition uh, and the linesman on the far side. So both of you were getting to try to see it. There was a bit in there earlier on where the goal kick was being taken and he basically ran back and, and suddenly checked himself and realised he was right in the middle of the pitch where the ball was going to land. And he, oh, he just, he, yeah, he looked like he won a competition. You're absolutely right. Not good. Man of the match, subs announcer says Lee. Well done. James DJ says Watford unable to smash pottery. The Hornet dude, Dave and Martin's bring moment, bring movement. A- Aiden Johnson, centre of attention. Retep Nilmot says, honest mistakes, don't think so. Red card. Anna said, look strong here in the US. Hello, Anna. Hope you're well. Rob C, index cheese's great effort. Ref a joke. Danny, the season in a game. Will Gasper, sad Stoke sending off. Shame. Lee Johnson, what a collective team effort. Tom, ref should never ref again. Labada Fawood, I shall, as ever, mispronounce this name, but never mind. We won that fucking game. That ref Better watch it. Oh, hello, that's fighting talk. Unpopular Watford FC opinion says the referee is a W dot. You can fill in the blanks, people. Peter Lee, terrible ref, great team character. Hey, Peter, I hope you're well, sir. Have a good new year. Ellie comes comes back to us on the back of a sterling performance on, on Boxing Day and says the referee takes the absolute piss. It's, this is five words and yet still insistent on taking six. Shite ref lost the plot, says WFC, totally retro 65. Skylar Rose, and we all know Skylar completely ignores this five-word nonsense. The referee's a wanker. What a stinker from the ref tonight. He can take that Stoke shirt off now, the biased prick. Decent point and a fair one. Much improved over Tuesday, but no bio due to a harsh red means Plymouth will be tough. Squad depth needs improving, Gino. There you go. Says it all. Myco says referee was absolutely fucking shit. We've had some shit refs, says the Hornet dude. What a fucking shit ref, says Graham. And final one, Don Pista says, team proud, ref sir, see you next Tuesday. 
right, so let's get into the long forms and then let you crazy cats get to sleep. I was particularly impressed with that Hornet haiku, by the way. I thought that was very good. I did like the rest, heroes all. Oh, my goodness, we've got lots of those as well. Right, here we go. We're going to power through these guys. Don't worry. Rest and recuperation is coming soon. Charlie has sent me a picture of Jim Carrey in a tutu as Ace Ventura doing a dance, as you do. Thanks for that, Charlie. Gary says... Don't we play Darren Baisley up front? Or didn't we play Darren Baisley up front for a few games and he scored a hat-trick against Southend? He did. We beat them 4-0 and we were all chanting to, oh, what's his name? Peter Taylor, <coughs> not the ref- not the, not the mayor of Watford. Peter Taylor, our former assistant manager, stayed in insurance. You should have stayed in insurance. It was a great thing and we were all very pleased with ourselves. Brian Edwards, stewarding seemed a lot better today. Even had the one in the family stand singing along with the crowd and encouraging fans to join in. I experienced stadium food for the first time in, age- in ages. Desperate times require desperate measures. The big bad boy hot dog was cold. Right, there we go. So we are our eyes are slowly moving across from stewarding, perhaps, possibly keeping one eye on, but also moving across to catering. Anybody who isn't aware, don't forget, on the, I think it's the 9th and the 11th, there is an at our place. They haven't uh, announced the venue. One of them is going to be basically around stewarding and the stadium and the customer experience, and the other one is going to be about the commercials. Do get onto the club website, have a look, and do apply to go, should you wish. Wendover Horn has come on to the, the one where you can write as many as you want, but he's still put in three small ones, never mind. Is simulation diving to try and get a penalty now not a bookable offence? Good point. I actually thought Big Rye did okay holding the ball up when we went to uh, when we went to ten. No, he isn't the complete number nine, but we need for him, and he did okay. Um, he's also put Greg and Pete to discuss the transfer window coming soon. Yes, we will do this. We will do this. Uh, Harry Clark says, uh, for the sake of content and entertainment, who are the potential investors and clubs involved? Please, not in the know. Um, I, I don't know for certain. Uh, it's well, as soon as I can release who I think it is, or it'll probably be coming out very soon. the The clubs that I have seen the investment people linked to are AC Milan, Fenway Sports Group, who would include obviously the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool, and some other entertainment elements. The people who I believe it is have something like eight point five to nine billion pounds under investment. So they're not small, but like. Like a lot of people, and you heard from uh, Paul Holly when we were talking earlier on, the question is, well, what do they want from this? And a lot of people look at US owners because of the Glazers leveraging leveraging basically debt on the club to buy the club in the first place and then drawing that debt or in and away from the club again, like the Glazers at Manchester United, with a lot of suspicion. But of course, you've got other ones who are finally seeming to work out. Nobody particularly likes Stan Kroenke, but his son down at down at Arsenal seems to be doing seems to be doing all right with with trying to run the club, unless you obviously mentioned West Ham last night. So there we go. That's who it is. We will let people know once we are in a position to confirm that's the case rather than just put it out as a rumour. We do try to let you know what we have heard for definite. Brian Edwards said, could have been worse. Newcastle United. Paul Fiander Turner. James Morris put one hell of a shift in there. Hamer, two great saves. Livermore immense. So much to be positive about. Ref, worst in years. Lino was very iffy second half with too many late flags. I just thought they were both, the Lino and the ref were just looking at each other and just going, from Newcastle, would fit the bill. I think I pronounced that about as well as Rich Walker pronounced the the Stoke players earlier on, i.e. not particularly good, but never mind. It's, it's one of those. That's fine. The other thing, as I understand it, is any <coughs> investment has to, has to clear 
the the football league board's criteria, whatever it is, before something can come in. If this is not going to affect January, I don't think. We heard from Paul Holly earlier on. He said, could we try Martins as a centre forward? He said that earlier on. <coughs> Excuse me. Alex King, one year ago since my infamous car journey home. Yes, this is true. That was after... Swansea 4, Watford nil. Alex came on and his uncle went off on one. It was super. Paul Holly back again. Why don't we go to a back three? We heard him mention this. We discussed it, which is good. Pitch appeared to be overwatered, says Brian Edwards. Not only were Stoke players throwing their selected to the ground, but Kone lost footing and Martins was eating grass on a number of occasions. John Parslow, I want to know what Peter was eating when talking to the Chileans. Does have any idea? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I hadn't had anything to eat tonight, so sorry, yes, I was having a little bit of cold pizza. John, I apologise to you, and to all our listeners, I apologise, I should know better. I'll carry on coughing to death, don't worry. Louis Tashira says, a deserved point today, fought hard and battled well against the 12 Stoke players on the pitch. Another recurring theme like that. A good point given the circumstances, and hopefully we can kick on in the new year with some new faces in. On to Plymouth. Have a great new year. Dickie Sutton's back again. Really great 90 from Morris, especially given he's not played a competitive game since September, has obviously worked hard to improve. And he went down with cramp because he put it all in. Missed the investment thing, says Melanie. Well, I just went through it again. Brian Edwards, VI, for that is Valerian Ishmael, is even uncertain why he was booked. Referee was a disgrace, ably assisted by the assistant on the left-hand side. They there was a couple of times when they just look at each other and it was, well, which one of us is going to point one way and then I'll try and copy you as quickly as I can. Paul Fiander turned back again. Bloke behind us swears at the ref every week. Every week I death stare him thinking, what kind of adult acts so uncouth? Tonight, after 65 minutes, I officially joined his swearing clan. Well done. Paricha said, Lee, I'm sorry, I couldn't think of it. Loco Milky Joe, thank you very much indeed. Carl Campion, great to see the fighting players digging deep to earn a well-deserved point. Hoot, back to his best. Like the halftime entertainment, the referee was dire. Interesting to see the new positioning of the stewards in the Ann Swanson stand. That's exactly what I mentioned. Less aggressive and less build-up of fans. It didn't need to be there. It was a mistake. What can you do? Ant was very keen to, to make sure that he got on to praise the stewards and fair play, but praise... For, for stewards for me today and bad news for other so-called supporters who's going to get told off probably me Steve Woolley says do we have a sell-on percentage <clears throat> included in that Pedro deal with Brighton he won't be there for long no I think I think Deserby said something along those lines really thought he was he was he's going to be moving on pretty quick interesting names and clubs thank you says Harry you're welcome Harry no problem at all there we go uh, has probably got pics of me and all oh, right they're just jabbering away now him and you he's having Charlie, and stop having private conversations about tutus on our board. What can I do? Not a bad point considering the team that finished the game, says Dan. Chris Talfer, we heard earlier on, wish everyone a happy new year. Sadly got cut off. Never mind. Danny Hornet Loyal said, love everything about this team. Fight, passion and commitment. Haven't seen that for years. Ref was an absolute melt. <laughs> Worst I've seen. Roll on Plymouth. Excellent stuff. Slatan, it's official. Wesley is shocking. Simon Woolley has put in something with Vacuum Bio. It says, uh, it wasn't the best way to end the year, but I'm proud of the result the boys got. I want to apologise to everyone, especially to my teammates for the stupid red card, which reduced us throughout the second half. Thanks to the fans who were once again great tonight. 
I'll forgive you an awful lot if you don't say something colossally stupid, and that wasn't colossally stupid, Raccoon. Well done. Johnny P says, is the stopping of taking flasks and umbrellas into the ground in preparation for the ref today remove temptation to throw things? Johnny, you are so right. It was clearly leading up. Zach Watson says, is Livermore the most underrated transfer this year? He got a chant when he came off, and quite rightly too. Richard Walker on the mic was hilarious today, says paddleboard at WFC. I'm in the paddleboarder camp. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny especially when he pointed out to to dear old Lloyd Doyley that, that his effort was commensurate with somebody who scored two goals in 400 games. I thought that was great. And finally, let's finish with Christian Atkinson. Livermore, with a big performance maybe, went under the radar, pinged the ball about well, ran until was subbed off, even if he wasn't running quickly. Going into January, I would like to see a faster attack assigned as we seem to have a lack of them. There you go. Guys, I know it's been a late one. Thank you so much for sticking with us, if you have indeed done so. Thank you very much indeed thank you so much for all the callers all the contributors all the listeners all the lurkers these five word reviews the long forms etc and um, yes i know it's a late one but we like to go through them because you guys have taken the time uh, to reach out and just give us your opinions and this is all about everybody's opinions no matter what um if, if we know something and we've heard something and we report a rumour, that's what we are going to report it. It's like, we've heard this. We've always said this. all this is just like a big digital pub where we're all walking in going, hey, guess what I've heard? And you, you say that, or guess what I thought today? That's it. Nobody is coming in and trying to pretend that we're all going to walk into, into the, the training room or to the dressing room and start telling the team how to play. We are all supporters. This team and this squad and this management team this year has moved us probably closer than we've been in a long time to these players. They're not perfect. The team, as was called out earlier on by uh, by Chile and Xavi, it, it lacks quality in areas, especially when you compare it to people we've previously had. But in a way, that's not really the point. That's not really the point of what this team is. This is a team where we are cutting our cloth accordingly. We have reduced the wage bill dramatically. If we can move off somebody like, for example, Imran Loser, not because I don't like Imran Loser as a player or a person or anything, but he's on a heck of a lot of money for somebody who's not contributing much, then that will put us in a sounder position. If the investment money comes in, and I've got no idea what the club are going to try to do with it, whether it would be for transfers or whether it would be to shore off other debt, it would seem slightly odd to bring in to, to pay off yet more debt, but there we go. One would hope that it would put us in a position to be stronger as a team and as a club. We heard from Ed earlier on who's who's in Florida. It doesn't matter whether you're in Florida, in Dubai, in Australia, wherever you are around the world, or however, as Ant said, we had we had loads of Germans there and we had it doesn't matter where you're from. If you like Watford or you love Watford ideally, welcome. Welcome. Because this is the internet. Doesn't matter if you're next door or if you're in the United States or in wherever you are. That's all this is. That's all this is. Thank you so much for all of your support over over the last year. It has been an absolutely bonkers one for, for the podcast. Uh, we've done some things that we just didn't think were feasible, were possible. None of those have been done without help from everybody. And I really do mean everybody from other podcasts who helped us go and get, for example, the conversation going with um, and, and get into 
to with the owner. Are we better or worse for it? Christ alone knows. Who knows? But at least he's talking to us. At least we've got the at our places now coming along. Two of those coming in the near future. Try and get in on them. Appreciate they're not about the most exciting things, but hey, go and do it anyway. We couldn't have done anything without the listeners and without people phoning in and basically all of those regulars who we know we can do this show because you're going to come on and just say what you think. And these people stick their heads above the parapet and some people can have a go at them. And these people are sound enough in their own mind and in their own conviction of what they say to do it. And I think most of everybody appreciates them and, and doing that. So thank you so much for the, for, for the year so far. Thank you to everybody who is a Watford fan. It is still fundamentally whoever owns whatever percentage financially. The club belongs to the supporters. We are all emotional investors in the club. You don't get a bigger emotional stake simply because you've got money in it. In fact, possibly less. I don't know. Well, maybe. Who knows? But everybody who was there kicking and screaming tonight got to enjoy it. It's a good way, as was said earlier on, to finish the year. Let's hope we can start the new one at at Plymouth really well. Anybody travelling down, all the best to you. Hope you have a, a, a great time. And we will come together in 2024 after the Plymouth game. See ya. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.